All right. We're here in Pittsfield, SpartanUpPodcast.com. I've got Colonel Nye on my right, Dr. Johnny on my left, and the wilderness wild woman who hates acupuncture, Sephra, <laughs> all the way down on the end. I was word. thinking it's probably time I throw in the caveat that I'm not a real doctor. <laughs> Joe calls me the doctor because I seem to help people with some of their uh, issues some of the time. So that's, that's, what what a doctor, that's what a doctor yeah. does. I, a, I'm, he, I'm a, I'm a real-life doctor. doctor we'll He's say. a holistic doctor. And just, just so you know, you touched me. Your hand was warm. So you're like <laughs> <laughs> doing something right. So um, we're going to talk about uh, Kodak and Jeff Clark. And um, didn't, he's, he's fantastic. Didn't they go broke? Kodak? Eastman Kodak went broke. Jeff uh, is bringing it down, back from uh, the depths of destruction, if we can call it that. Spartan right? task. It was the number one brand in the world, mm-hmm. bigger than Coca-Cola, and it failed. Why did it fail? It's hard to be on top, whether you're a wrestler, military guy, wilderness woman. Um, it's even harder to stay on top. Mm-hmm. Has the number adapt, one brand yeah. in the world go by? It, it, it didn't adapt. It didn't right. adapt. Yeah, that's, what, that's adapt, what the issue right? was. It didn't see change. But um, we got to watch it, and we'll see. We'll see what the hell he's going to do to turn this thing around. Uh, super interesting for me. Um, the island that we get to interview him on is awesome. We'll talk about that. And um, is it his island? We'll find out. We'll find out. No, you're gonna you're gonna love this. <laughs> what I'm looking forward to seeing is uh, the idea of somebody going into a company that's at the bottom. You know, we all want to go to the successful ones. It's like a fireman running into a burning building. So I'm curious to see what makes him want to dive into something so challenging. Me too. Yeah, he's diving in. I'm here on the island, I meet Jeff Clark, 90 days into his position as CEO of Kodak. Kodak, one of the greatest brands in American, maybe global history. Um, We've got to talk to him. Thanks so much. How you doing? Great to see you. Thanks for uh, sitting down. So so tell me about your first 90 days at Kodak and then we'll get into some of your some of your other uh, great successes. Well, it's been it's been a Spartan moment, I'll tell you that. It's uh, you know the company has enormous history. The brand is um, so important, 99% um, unaided recognition. Yet it's a company that went through bankruptcy. It's a company that is in turnaround. It's a company that had over 100,000 employees, and now we have 8,000 employees. Massive job. Why, why would you possibly take this job? I looked up some of your history. You've been enormously successful. You don't need to work. Why'd you do this? Well, you know, I think, you know, why do people do a Spartan race? I mean, people do a Spartan race because it challenges them. It tests them to their greatest endurance. What this is, this is the opportunity to take something that needs enormous help, yet has great underlying strengths and accent those strengths, build that muscle back, and drive the company forward. When, when you did the analysis and made this decision to leave California, you've got young children, go tackle this project, um, you looked at the brand name and how, and how powerful it was. As recognized as Apple, more recognized, less recognized? Well, I mean, I think Apple has been uh, probably one of the iconic companies and certainly one of the most successful companies in the last 30 years. And it revolutionized computing, which is a device that most of us carry in our pockets. Most of us used to carry a Kodak camera in our pockets. So there's enormous enormous parallels to great companies that that transcend being a corporation and become something people love. And when I talk about Kodak to consumers or companies or filmmakers, um, they think of it in reverent terms. 
and and so Kodak is has created industries. Apple does that today, um, and uh, we continue to hope and are working you know all the time right now with all of our energies to try and bring Kodak to the point where we are changing industries the way that Apple is able to today. Just curious, what what age um, would not know Kodak? When did Kodak kind of fall off that? that cliff. When I told my dad I was taking the job, who's 82, I'm taking the job at Kodak, he said, wow, what a gigantic job, that's fantastic, one of the great companies in the world. And I told my 12-year-old daughter, and she said, what's a Kodak? So um, Kodak has been incredibly relevant um, for people, you know, um, who grew up with film. But many people today with digital technologies, they think of cameras as their phone. Um, And as such, Kodak has lost that important place. But we've migrated to more, more to different things. So I know the camera, sure. right? And, and then it became the throwaway mm-hmm. uh, camera. For a while, it was film. Was film the main business? Yeah, film. Film is now ten percent of of Kodak's business. At one point, it was eighty percent, and all of the de- derivatives of film, the chemical business, the healthcare business, it all came from that original innovation around film. Around film. Just to give you a sense of how digitization has changed and. Yeah, I think it, it, it's relevant um, to um, so many different industries because so many industries are being disintermediated in the Schumpeterian um, creative destruction. This, this, this concept that um, the world's markets change and technology, technology changes drives change. Just five years ago, Kodak sold, just to the, the motion picture industry, um, 12 billion linear feet of film. That's enough to circle the globe 88 times. Wow. We're now only 4% of that. We're down to 600 million um, um, linear feet of film. And that change um, is, is the changing of an art form. Because film has, depending on how you measure it, eight times the resolution of the best digital camera. It has this incredible artistic ability. One, one filmmaker said it better than I ever could. The difference between film and digital is like going to the Louvre and looking at an oil painting and then looking at a print and asking, can you see the difference? Of course you can. Film is analog. Our eyes are analog. Right, right, right. So, so is that what ultimately broke Kodak? The fact that we, were they using film and all the, the revenue from film to pay for all these other businesses? K- Kodak has, a, 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 has had a, enormous transitions as any century-old company has. Um, Almost any business that is going to lose um, 90% of, of their largest business is going to have a lot of transitions to do. Um, so at, just on the manufacture of film, at one point, you know, there were 30,000 people manufacturing film just in Rochester, New York. Now we have 300. Wow. So it's a, it's a massive change. Where do you think it goes? It all, it's just basically digital? What, what gem do you see there in those first 90 days that's going to transform this company? Kodak has 7,500 really relevant patents um, built over the, the last century from chemicals and, and um, applications around film that are much broader than taking pictures. Um, and these underlying technologies allow us to do many new things. Um, on top of that, we have hundreds of PhDs. We still spend $100 million a year on research and development each year. And what we try to do in research and development is very different than many other companies in the industry. What we try to do is we try to do the most advanced areas. We try to push the research to the, to, to the, to the cutting edge. And the reason we do that is because Kodak has capabilities um, in the research that isn't 
um, kind of copying other people's products and making them better, which is an important part. It drives cost down. What Kodak does is it keeps pushing to new frontiers. One of the frontiers is the one I mentioned earlier, which is around printing things on film um, that are conductive. And with so like the, like the touch screen that we, we dial on yeah, our phone. Exactly. So, so you, you can print that now. You can print that now. And by printing that and applying, you know, apply, applying conductive elements like silver or copper, you allow that to be a more efficient touch screen at a lower cost than when you're using the current technologies Rare earth today. Metals. But we've got many other applications. We're, we're really excited about microfluids as an industry going forward, and we're investing a lot in that. And I'm my, always thinking about microfluids. Yeah, it's one of the things. Fill me in on microfluids. So, so think of photographic paper. Photographic paper is, is a, a specialized paper that allows it to turn into a picture. Well, what about creating paper that allows other things to be found on it, such as if you apply some saliva to that, that paper, then you can test um, many, many different things about your health. And you can do it in a way where you don't have to go to a lab and have someone jab a needle into you. And so what we're working is we're working with the healthcare industry, we're working with these micro, mi microfluids to be able to, to print on that paper sensors and different chemical elements that allow saliva and other fluids to be applied to it. And then you can learn about your health. That would, be, that would be incredible if, if uh, like during a race, Absolutely. right? You can literally put a little saliva on a piece of paper and find out, you know what, I'm low in magnesium right now. And another applicable thing for, for those of us who, who, who run and work out, um, we are able to, you know, Kodak has a great history of silver. Silver is the key, the key element within, within photography. Um, and we have been able to break silver down into the nanoparticles and then embed it in clothing and it allows, it allows you to wear your clothes and those clothes don't have the odor that you typically get after a, a Spartan race. What was really interesting you said to me was um, you've still got all these PhDs. I would right. think a, a company that's in a turnaround mode would have cut R&D uh, completely. Um, it is a different, um, different structure than many companies have. Many companies um, try and make modest refinements to each of their products. We have longer product cycles, um, more ambitious um, research research goals, and that is part of the innovation and cultural history so of Kodak. It, it reminds me, I, I, anytime I get a chance to talk about the cookie test, the uh, 1972 Stanford researcher of did on children, um, I, I, I love to. And so what you're telling me is you don't take the cookie now as a company, right? Because the cookie now would be, let's just uh, efficiently produce this, blow it out, and, and make some money. You guys are just pushing the edge and trying to get 15 cookies later. I, it's, it's a perfect analogy, and, I, and I'd love to say that, that, that uh, that's what we do all the time. The fact is, sometimes you have to have a, a couple cookies along the way, in this case, you know, to continue to build consistent overall economic performance. But as a company, if you really want to strive to make the company great, you have to put a portion of your budget. For us in research, out of the $100 million, it's over $30 million. Very few companies will spend 30% of their um, of their research budget on advanced technologies. So stuff that may not stuff stuff that has much higher risk profiles and much higher reward profiles. I hope you're not sitting still while you listen. If you are, you better get a burpee break in. The company acts like a Spartan, right? You're 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 at the forefront. You're pushing the limits. Um, you personally. How are you getting through this? I mean, you, you've had those successes. You worked really hard for most of your life. 
Um, you've got your children, you're flying, you're on the road most of the time. How are you staying healthy? What, what, what's your routine? What do you do? Well, I think, I think um, you know, over my life I've had over 3 million miles on commercial airlines. And um, there, there are lots of techniques you have to do as an executive or, or a road warrior per se. Um, one is when you, when you go to a new time zone, move to that time zone. And the best way to move there is physical activity. So don't sit down and have a meal. Go work out right away. Um, as soon as you land. As soon as you land, it, it, you know, if you can schedule your, 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 your calendar so you can do that, it's important. Particularly when you're going multiple time zones. So if you go to Tokyo, typically you'll leave and you'll arrive seven or eight at night. Um, you're not going to sleep that night anyway. So go, go work out for a couple hours. Um, make sure you get that in. And then the food you eat. I mean, you have to be absolutely critical that, that, um, that you uh, avoid, avoid uh, comfort foods um, that your body craves during a period of stress. Right. And, um, and, you know, the working out for me does a series of other benefits um, that are, I think, anyone who's run a Spartan realizes it clears your mind, it reorders your mind. It, you know, for me, um, the workout process um, helps my, my, my processing through of information. And so I find after a good workout, I've reprioritized and thought a lot about much of it subconscious. All of a sudden, as you, you know, move from a workout back into you know, that post uh, euphoria you have after a good workout, your mind, at least my mind, starts working a little differently and I find myself to be sharper. Sure. And so um, for me, it's meditative, right? When I go out and do my burpees or run. And so um, you've got a million things going on in your mind. You're flying all over the world. and and you're done working out, and then what? You, you hit paper and pen and just... Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I, think um, I like to get ideas down. Um, I do that in, uh, uh, the way it works for me is, is, since I grew up using paper and pen, that is, that is a way that improves memory. I imagine children today who grow up more on, on devices, yeah. they'll hit their phone and have the same memory learning process. Um, but for me, I do, I do that. Um, I also like to engage very, very quickly with people. I like to, to take some quick calls, get updates. Um, and kind of get back in that mode post-workout, um, back into back into right in the game, back into the game, and, and, and get my uh, so my, um, you, my you people hit, moving. You hit on something interesting. So, a lot of executives I see, I don't know if, if you agree with this, um, they do really well. They they um, grow their company, sure. they get paid, and and then they're out of shape and they're dead, <laughs> right? And and I I bet it, I don't know if anybody's ever done a study, but I bet there's a high correlation to being completely successful and completely out of shape. Um, you're obviously not following in, in those footsteps. What would you say to, to those? I, I would just imagine they'd be more successful if they stay fit. And is it, is it the stress, do you think, that then drives you to not be fit? Well, I, th I think there are lots of rationalizations why people don't take care of their bodies. And um, it's hard for me to believe that anyone in any job can't dedicate 30 minutes to an hour a day. Even if you have three children, as I do, you need to make that a priority. So you'll be there when your children are older. All right, let's talk about uh, mine and your chubby days. I was not always fit. Uh, a lot of people email us at Spartan and say, Joe, how do you stay motivated? Have you always been this way? And, and the fact is, I, I went off the rails. Uh, I was on Wall Street for a little bit. I'm sure you must have had something like that happen to you with, with all the business success you've had. So. Yeah, I think like, like most people, um, you know, you're indestructible in your 20s, right? You can, you can stay up late, you can work around the clock, hard work, hard play, and you can um, not eat as well and eat too much often. And, um, and all of a sudden in your 30s, kids
kick in and you probably and most people as their careers uh, move on they get uh, either more responsibility or at least more stress and um, what I found um, was when I just about when I hit 40 um, I started to gain, gain weight I gained about 20 pounds um, and it was really I was I was I was drinking fizzy fizzy drinks I was I was eating too much red meat um, I, I ate a lot of vegetables, but you know, <laughs> it, yeah. it didn't it, 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 did, it didn't didn't um, didn't stop me from eating other things as well. Um, and I think what what really happened was it was actually it was a fascinating time. I was I was on a, on a mountain. We were doing a, a research lab um, a retreat for um, Hewlett Packard, and we went up um, to a heavy elevation. And of course, when you go to higher elevations, you need to replenish. And rather than grab that that um, that fizzy drink. Um, my my wife said, um, "Why don't you try water?" And I picked up the water, and I haven't had, and literally haven't had a fizzy. Never went since. back. Yeah. Uh, so for you know the last 15 years, it, it, the, the, the the liquid of choice is water, and it's so refreshing, and I love it. So does there. Um, we had a guy compete in a Spartan race at 696 pounds. Oh my goodness! I helped get him down to 240 pounds, and it was all driven by Sprite. He yep. would drink uh, two two liters every morning. Wow! So people don't realize how how um, unhealthy soda is. Um, I think it's important that leaders mentor their employees. So when I see an employee who may be hitting it out of the park in terms of the execution of his metrics and beating his numbers, if I see see that empl that employee, um, you know. Um, either in, in an incredibly stressful um, uh, situation, um, it's important that you as a leader coach them and say, you, you can accomplish all this and still have more family time right. and still have more time that Yourself. you can um, be more balanced in your life. And yeah. so uh, I've had several um, mini interventions with some of my executives around, um, I love what you're doing, but I'm scared about the track you're on on a personal development level. Last question. We've got a ton of military that watch us, special forces. Uh, we've got a partnership uh, with, believe it or not, and and a lot of these guys are coming back and, and women, and they're looking for positions. Kodak is on its way, uh, knock on wood, to being a, a giant company again. Is that an area you focus on? Would you take some of those people in? A absolutely. I think there are many things that you can do around philanthropy, and clearly one of the things that you need to do is is to try and hire your most qualified people and. Without question, some of the most qualified people in the world are um, our, our military veterans. But I believe we should do more. So um, I was inspired by a Center for Investigative Reporting article by the chair of that organization, Phil Bronstein, a legendary journalist. He wrote a story, on, um, which was about a year and a half ago, in Esquire magazine. And that story was about, it was titled The Shooter. And it talked about how... Um, you know, one of the leaders of the the uh, very important SEAL Team Six mission um, that uh, that successfully um, solved Al Qaeda Osama bin Laden um, situation. He, he, after 14 years of intense service, decided that he needed to retire. And the way the structure works. It was very difficult for him to find a job and even to get benefits from our veterans organizations. Somebody, somebody at that high level. At that high level, that the person who has put person. his yeah. put his his, his um, life on the line, life on the line, who has arthritis in his neck because of the heavy um, night vision goggles that he carried into so many, so many missions. So when Phil wrote this, I was inspired, and so Phil and I 
met, met with the shooter um, and um, many of the other people um, from that mission and some other colleagues. And we started a, a, a new charity called Your Grateful Nation. And this is designed to bring special forces, the people, the Spartans of our military, the people who do the hardest jobs. Everyone in the military does an critically important job. These are the ones often Tip of the at spear. the most risk. Yeah. And, and we need to make sure that they get the right jobs. And this organization set up specifically to, tr to work the transition back and to get corporations like Kodak and others to make sure that they are interviewing these people and feeling their responsibility to get these people's jo jobs. And They're incredibly talented. So how, how do our um, viewers, how do they find uh, that organization? YourGratefulNation.com. Um, it's also yourgratefulnation.org. You can go on the website. You can learn a lot about the organization. Thank thanks, you. thanks for doing this. Great to meet you. Wow, so I learned a lot. You know, he really is adapting. And I think like the whole micro silver, the no odor in your athletic clothing, you know, Joe, your idea about being able to lick the paper and see what, what you're low on, magnesium, potassium. Yeah. You know, it's great to see how his creative brain is going to adapt his company. And I think, I think they'll be really successful. We, we talked in an earlier podcast about when do you know it's time to quit and when do you know it's time to adapt. Right. And this is a great example of that, right? You know, you talk about Kodak, who was so successful. And then it got to a point where it really was essentially bankrupt. And um, they're not quitting. You know, it's not like Kodak doesn't exist anymore. They're completely adapting and changing everything. And it seems like the right guy for the job. Pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I love what you said before about running into a burning building. Um, your reputation's online. He, he's had tremendous success in his life. And um, I was talking to his wife after the interview as to why does she think he's successful. And uh, in college, mm -hmm. she said he used to, uh, during breaks, uh, go to his grandmother's house. And they had the old, what were those typewriters called? The select. Selectrix yeah. typewriters. And uh, he would sit there and bang out his entire semester of um, term papers and things that were due during those vacations while everybody else went and had fun, went down to huh. Mexico, whatever they were doing. So, so there's a guy that really is committed and just... In that, in that theme about working on vacation carried through to this interview? <laughs> That's is, right. Is, is that well, he had, a, he had a day off, apparently, um, shot down. It was not his island we were on. It was Richard Branson's island. And uh, I was amazed that they even had the time to spend with us because um, he only had the day. He was down there to see his wife, and then he was back to Rochester, New York, which is a pretty far cry from where they live in California. So I don't envy the guy. I mean, his reputation here is um, if this doesn't work, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, but doing the interview with you proves he, he identifies opportunities and it seizes opportunities. So he had to know a little bit about you and what this could do talking to you. So he wanted to help you. Yeah but he also knows that that's going to help his company. Yeah, know, gets, gets I mean, the, pu the public wants to know what's, what's happened right, with Right, but you both seize an opportunity, and that's what makes good entrepreneurs, right? That's so right. You, you saw an opening, you saw a moment, you came together and you produced this thing. Like a wrestler. Or like you, Joe. Here's my time to shoot. <laughs> right. Yeah, time yeah, to right. shoot. I mean, but yeah. that's good, right? I yeah. mean, he's, he's, so even on vacation, he's looking around, and when he sees something that's going to be advantageous, he jumps on he, it. He jumps on it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good distinction, too, because there's the unhealthy workaholic who just can't stop working, and it's actually a, an affliction, right? They're on vacation, right. and they can't enjoy it because they're working. Very different. That might be me, by the way. Uh, well, no, well, sometimes maybe, but at the, the same time, if, if you're looking at then how to, how to adapt that, it's enjoying whatever you're doing. So here's a guy who's enjoying his time on the island, gets asked to do this interview, and goes, yeah, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to enjoy it. And when he's with his family, he's enjoying that, too, right? So... There's something to be said for being productive and finding opportunities and then enjoying that opportunity rather than 
just being blindly driven that all you know how to do is work and you can't enjoy anything else. So it really struck me this is a guy who has a, has a joy for life, which he's using to, to, to make this to, successful. To get it done. Well, yeah. What do yeah. you like? You like the silver in the clothing, the little silver? Um, yeah, you know. It's a spray colloidal, it's a, Oh, it's like colloidal yeah. silver or something like that. You know, I think it's really interesting, right? Because, you know, sometimes people around here in Pittsfield, maybe in Pony Barn or something, they could probably use a little <laughs> micro, yeah, micro I, I, silver I, 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 in there. I, I, I don't think Joe has it on his shirt today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably right. No, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, these races that go 400 miles, four days, whatever. Um, something that's yeah. antibacterial to microbial in your clothing is is brilliant. You know, yeah, having having been through like, a bunch of death races, we need yeah. uh, Kodak to sponsor them. It Just is one Spartan rough sponsor. smelling here at the end. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, and, and we're, we are actually talking to Kodak about um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, putting putting the silver into the clothing yeah. and the film. Did you did you? Uh, yeah, wasn't that interesting? Wait, nobody's making it? nobody's making film anymore mm -hmm. except for Kodak, and so he had a big meeting with. Um, Spielberg and a bunch of guys out in Hollywood to try to save film because, um, damn it, uh, Pulp Fiction, who was the uh, Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino basically said, him, actually. said to Jeff Clark, yeah. uh, if you stop making film, I'll never make another movie. Yeah. And so um, he, go, he, he rounded up a bunch of these guys and, and they, uh, they all committed to putting some money in and saving film otherwise it would just all be digital yeah what did he say he said that the uh, the the actual resolution is 40 times higher than the best digital because it's analog and we're analog yeah isn't yeah. that amazing that's incredible yeah you know there, there's there's something to be revered about the past you know it's like the 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 written written documents you know they go by the wayside with email and things like there's a lot of like romanticism especially for artists you know that that these these huge companies i think when he said it's interesting like our grandparents right everyone knows who kodak is and the younger generations don't and it's amazing to see as an entrepreneur and as a as a as a business owner how quickly you can go from being that fad to not and once again I mean what we've been saying here is that adaptability that resiliency mm -hmm. and you guys are talking about he's present and he's calm and he's mm -hmm. able to you know absorb the great ideas that are around him and that's really a, a good technique yeah and, and just because you're on top doesn't mean you're gonna stay on top like you know uh, I know that's a huge part of your drive in Spartan yeah, is guys this is great that we've made it but um we, keep going. We, we can go down the tubes pretty fast and it's and it's quickly like um, the Leverage. I don't know if you guys um, use that word a lot, but in business, like the airline business, let's say they're highly leveraged, right? So if they had a week of no bookings, mm -hmm. they're out of business. Yeah. Like it's that sensitive, and it's the same thing with Spartan Race. When you we've got 300 people now around the world, and um, we depend almost like coal that goes into the fire to keep the ship moving mm -hmm. for those registrations every day to keep yeah. keep that thing going, and and uh, so it's very leveraged and very sensitive too. Yeah, but you're you're morphing and changing every day. Yeah, every day. I mean, this, this podcast is a great example. I yeah. mean, you are looking almost hourly at how to expand, how to get better, how to do things, how to reach out to more people. There was a uh, years ago, I think in the early '90s, there was an army general. Uh, and we were going through a transformation. He said people fought it because people always fight change. Mm -hmm. If you don't like change, you're going to love being irrelevant. Yeah. You know? yeah I mean, that, that's it. Yeah. If you, if you yeah. can't keep up and you can't make these uh, adaptions, get out of the way. And, that, and, that's, and that's what happened to um, Kodak. Kodak actually invented the digital camera. Yeah. But, but they, they screwed it up. Because it threatened their own business model, they wouldn't yep. embrace it. Yeah, right. yeah. screwed it up. Well, my favorite email that I've gotten in the last week was uh, from, from the company, and it said, on the heels of our most successful year ever, we're going to scrap all of our obstacles. <laughs> right? Like, not all, but I mean, yeah, yeah. we got to start again because yeah. the idea we want to stay totally relevant and totally fresh. So I thought that was great. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, and I mean, Joe, I mean, any of you Spartans who have, who have met Joe, you're just, you're unbelievably good at identifying uh, 
opportunity and identify and, and seeing seeing the best in people and seeing their potentials and all right you'll be on the next podcast <laughs> <laughs> you made it for one more yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. well you, de- you definitely identified a great guy in jeff for that interview i really enjoyed that jeff was great yeah. um spartan up the podcast you'll learn more you can check out the show notes we have an interactive division yeah. Spartan Up Podcast. Oh, Spartan, up, Spartan podcast. up Podcast. You can go to Spartan Up The Podcast, but it's not going to bring you anywhere. <laughs> you go Spartan Up Podcast to get you there. Colonel Nye has built, feverishly working at night, an interactive section <laughs> where, where you can... I thought there was one. <laughs> where you can send we in We need notes. one. We need one. You can send stuff in. Somebody may or may not get back to you. We're not right, sure. Right. But um, Do we have an IT section? We have an IT. Maybe they're listening. Yeah. But... Um, I don't know. Anything else? We're good? No, it's fantastic. I'm I'm enjoying this. This is a great podcast.